Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How good to be with you. It's always good to be with you on Mother Miriam Live. Now, we, I am live, and you are live, but we are not a live broadcast today because I'm on the road, and so I recorded this special message from me to you, um, and you won't be able to call in or text or email uh, for today's program. Um, but I'm talking about a, a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and that many people have trouble with. And the reason I picked this subject, I'm keeping you in suspense, the reason I picked this subject is because I've said before that our church is in such a dire state, a state of apostasy, and with many uh, lay people, priests, bishops, cardinals, hierarchy, uh, just in a state of apostasy, and uh, spreading tremendous errors and confusion throughout our church. And we can complain, we can send corrections, we can do many, many things to help, which we should. But the best thing we can do as lay people is to live our faith as if it's true, even if we're not encouraged by others, even if the shepherds we look to are discouraging us or are silent about what's going on today or complicit, whatever they are, we can live our faith. And it won't be the first time in history that the church was brought back to faith by the lay people. And so that's our job. We are soldiers of Christ. We are the army, beloved, and we need to live our life as if it's true, not on Sundays, not for a couple hours a day, but 24-7 with every breath we take. We need to be in the world and not of it. Now, one of the subjects very dear to my heart is that of you want to take a guess? Let's see. Three syllables. Begins with an M. Ends with a Y. Second letter is O. <laughs> Third letter is D. Modesty. And you say, oh, come on. We want to learn about the faith, not modesty. But the thing is, we're destroying the faith by our immodesty. One of the reasons that the world is mocking the church as it is, is because we claim one thing and we live another. We claim that abortion is an intrinsic evil, and the church will never change on its moral teaching, ever. And yet, we equal the world in abortions. We claim contraception. Catholics are contracepting. Um, uh, What else? Divorce. Uh, I don't think Catholics have any lower percentage in divorce than the world. You see, we claim one thing. We dress like the world, immodest, half naked, uh, without regard for anybody else. But what we want, and I've mentioned this before, stores and restaurants are open on Sunday. They wouldn't be if Catholics lived their faith. We'd never go shopping or to a restaurant on Sunday. It's the day of rest. Why would we go into a place where other people need to work to serve us on what should be their day of rest? And you may say, well, they're not Catholic. I don't know if they're Catholic or not. That makes no difference. We need to live our faith. And the world needs to be 
home with their families on Sunday or on picnics with their families. No soccer games, no practices, not all over the world. Home with the family. It's a day of rest. It's a day for a family to spend together and to worship God. That's what it's for. That's what God said. Not the children go one place, the parents go another, and all of that. No, no, no. It's a day of rest where the family should come together and plan a picnic or uh, read books together, play games, uh, do projects at home together, you see. So we don't live differently than the world. And so oftentimes I don't blame the media for mocking the church more than they mock any other arm of Christianity. Is the, is the sexual abuse scandal in, in Protestant denominations also? Of course it is. The Baptist Convention met recently, and their number one topic was sexual abuse within the church, within their denomination, within the clergy. Yes, yes. But see, we say, well, we're not any different than the others. In fact, our percentage is lower. Well, I don't know about that. But the fact is, we, shouldn't, we should be living different lives. And so the media, for the most part, they look, look at us and they say, well, you claim to be the church. You're more corrupt than anybody else. You're as corrupt or more corrupt. Your dirty laundry is all over the world. Why, do, why would anyone want to be Catholic? And you're hypocrites because you live a different life than you claim. You see, how could I blame them? How could I blame them? And I think inside, they're simply angry. Inside, they are simply angry because, and they should be, uh, because if there's a heaven, if there's a God, if there's hope for them, it's the Catholic Church. It's not anything else. It's the only church that has stood for 2,000 years. It's nothing else the Catholic Church. And if the Catholic Church is false, which we manifest every day in every way that we're false, because we don't live what we claim, if the Catholic Church is false, there's no heaven, there's no God, there's no hope. I think they're angry at us, and they mock us, because we make a mockery of the Church, and we make a mockery of Christ. Do those seem like strong words? They're simply the fact. They're simply the fact. So, what do we do? We begin to live our faith. Stop going to restaurants on Sunday. Stop shopping on Sunday. Don't plan practices and football games and all of that on Sunday. Don't do it. Take it as a day of rest. Take it as a day of rest, a day of worship. Let the restaurants, let the shopping malls, let them close. Elect good officials that will respect and keep the morals of our faith. You see, we need to do that. And I tell you what, beloved, I walked the streets of Tulsa, and then recently I was in, not too, not recently, but some months ago, I was in Rome. And I couldn't believe my eyes. As immodest as we are here, they are equally or more immodest there. Tight, tight, tight pants, uh, everything exposed all over their body. In my mind, they're half naked. They walk the streets. Women look like prostitutes, and they're not because it's their normal dress. It's not normal. There's something very distorted about that. There's something sick about it, that a woman would show her body off that way and feel that anywhere else she looks dumpy or won't be wanted, won't be sexually attractive. It's the very opposite. It's the very opposite. So 
I think, beloved, it's time for us as individuals not to wait for our priests, our bishops, our pastors, leaders, zero, to live our faith. And the first thing to do is the family. Mom, you are the ones, and dad, you are the ones um, to teach your daughters modesty. You are the ones, and modesty is not just for daughters, it's for sons. It's for mothers, it's for fathers. So many times, I want to go to mothers to help them to put clothes on their daughters walking through the streets, half exposed. And I look at the moms, and they're dressed the same way. I want to tell the daughters they're wearing leotards that used to be my underwear. And I want to tell the moms they need to put skirt, pants, something on their daughter. They're wearing underwear out in the street. And the moms are doing the same thing. How, who, who can I talk to? It's terrible, beloved. It's terrible. And it's, God doesn't want us to be modern. He wants us to be his children and witnesses to him in the world. And for a woman, beloved, we have only one model. It's the Blessed Mother. She's the only model we have. And men, your model is St. Joseph. All right. No one's going to picture the Blessed Mother in a sleeveless, low-cut, tight dress, short, all of that. No one's going to picture. That would be awful and scandalous to a true Catholic. She's our model, beloved. She is our model. And you say, but she always has her head covered. Yes. You mean I have to have my head covered too, outside in the streets? You know, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. No, you don't have to, but it wouldn't hurt. It's a sign of modesty. It's not just a sign of modesty. It's a sign of your uh, sacredness. Everything that is sacred is veiled. The tabernacle is veiled because it's sacred. Women are veiled in church not because they're inferior, says Dr. Alice Hildebrandt, but because they're sacred. I know a homeschooling community, and the mother, in this one particular mother, but there are others, never wear anything but a long, loose skirt to her ankles, a very appropriate tops, pretty, but long-sleeved and and, uh, to the neck, and always wear something on her head. She doesn't have to, but she does. Light clothing for the summer, but covering her body. And people ask her, they stop her on the street, they stop her in supermarkets, are you, uh, um, what's the, Amish? Are you an Amish? She says, no, I'm Catholic. And they're shocked because of her modesty. And it's tremendous. No one makes fun of her. They respect it. They think she's odd, but they respect it. You see, and more women are beginning to follow that. Don't worry about being popular. Be a leader. Be a leader in holiness. Be a leader in chastity, in modesty, in beauty. And, and chastity has not to do just with dress. It comes from the heart. It's in how you walk. It's your speech. It's your language. It's the choices you make in life. I have a, uh, one of my favorite websites is called Fish Eaters. One word, Fish Eaters, because that's what Catholics are. We, we eat fish on Friday. Fish Eaters. And, and if somebody, somebody says, you don't eat fish anymore on Fridays, well, you, I mean, that's, that church did away with it. It did not. It did not. Every single Friday is a day of abstinence from meat of the whole year, not just Good Friday, the whole year. Now, what the church did at Vatican II is help the children of the church to grow up. And so if they're vegetarians, they said, 
If you can't give up meat on Friday, give something else up. It's still a sacrifice. You're not excused from the sacrifice. So if you cannot, um, uh, if you don't eat meat, for example, you're a vegetarian, you're not excused, you're not off the hook. You have to offer a sacrifice. You still need to sacrifice something. It could be your favorite vegetables. It could be your favorite meal. It could be something else. But you're not off the hook from sacrificing. And when we love God, we shouldn't be on the hook. We should love the opportunity to sacrifice. You see, um, so I I lost my my train of thought. But if we begin uh, to eat as Catholics and we go out to a restaurant on a Friday or we go to someone's home, we're not going to refuse what they serve us. And if they serve us meat, we're going to be good, gracious Catholics, and we're going to eat the meat. We're not going to say say to our host, I can't eat it, it's Friday. No, no. You're going to receive that graciously. And actually, I've been at people's homes where it's a Friday, and I didn't know what they were serving. They don't know we abstain from meat on Friday, and they serve meat. And all I do is sit there, and I keep quiet, and I eat it, and I tell them how delicious it is, and I say to God, Lord, this is my sacrifice to you today, to eat this meat. That is my sacrifice, to eat the meat when I never would have otherwise. That's a sacrifice. And I can make another sacrifice if I want, but I don't need to, you see. So um, uh, begin doing that. Begin living the Catholic faith with your family in every single way. So again, no restaurants on Sunday, no shopping on Sunday, no piano lessons, football games, all of that. Keep it as a day holy to the Lord. That is the day of rest. That is the day to worship God. It needs to be kept that way. We need to be in the world and not of it, which means we need to have the language of a Catholic, the language of hearts that are set on heaven, the dress of those whose hearts are set on heaven, not just for the salvation of our own souls, but we need to be a witness to the world. You know, I said to Sister um, Gertrude walks every morning. She's been walking the same route, goes out uh, early in the morning, and as soon as it begins to turn light, she's off to the park and walking. And she has a lot of experiences when she does that. And there's been, she told me this morning, there's been a very uh, elderly woman who's been very sour. She's older, maybe in her 70s. She walks with a cane. Her face has many, many wrinkles from her having a very hostile, sour face, never changes. And one day, Sister Gertrude Marie was walking past her uh, down the end of our block. And Sister Gertrude Marie walks a mile a minute, a mile a minute. She's, she's the flying nun. And, she, and that's her exercise. So the woman was walking at a, the pace she can with her cane. And Sister came walking around her. Not didn't brush her, wasn't too close, but walked past her. And the woman looked at her and said, Never do that again. Really angry and hostile and sour. And so Sister never has done that again. But she passes her and uh, walks toward her and keeps her distance. Well, this has happened for a long time, for a few years. Sister's been here over three years now. And it's, she's seen this woman almost every time. And she came to me this morning and she said, Mother, this is the best morning of my entire life. 
I said, what happened? She said, that woman, I pass all the time. She's angry. She's hostile. She's bitter. Her face is all screwed up in that little horrible look. Her cane walks with her head down. And I passed her this morning, and she looked up at me, and she smiled, and she said, good morning. I tell you what, it made sister's life. She said, I think it's the best thing that's ever happened in my whole life. Now, she's had many good things happen to her, my goodness, many experiences as a religious. But the smile that woman gave her, the woman's face was miraculously changed. Look up at sister and smiled and nodded her head and said, good morning. And of course, sister smiled and said, good morning back. There was no further conversation. And sister said it was the most unbelievable transformation and experience she said she thinks she's ever had in her whole life. She believes it. She said it was just for her miraculous. Now, I've said to the sisters that even though we've been stopped from moving forward in Tulsa and we've been canceled from ministering in the diocese and so many things, um, I've said to them all we have to do is exist in this, in this habit as a sign to God. We're signs to God. And our very existence, going to the stores, walking the street, going to Walmart, going to church, our very existence is a sign to God in the world. So many things that have happened now. This morning was a great example because, again, we've been here and we haven't been able to do anything outside. And so for her to have that experience and with other homeless in the park, she it's just magnificent. And and the fact of just our existence, well, that's a long way to say to you, uh, beloved, wear modest clothes. Women, no more pants, no more dungarees, no more slacks, no more pants. Can you picture? Now, I'm going to justify that, but I'm just saying it out front, and some of you are just going to turn off the station right now because you're not interested in hearing such an extreme view that you think is my problem. No. It's the view of the church. It's the view of the popes down the ages. You, you're you not going to picture the Blessed Mother in, in pants, eat whether they're tight or not. You're not. You're not going to picture her walking down the street showing her rear end in pants. You're not. And, um, and it's immodest. Now, there's degrees of immodesty. If they're tight pants, it's more immodest. If they're loose, it's less immodest, but it is immodest. And skirts that are above the knee, even slightly below the knee, are immodest. And you're saying, Mother Miriam, I don't mind you talking about modesty and chastity, but you're really going overboard here. What are you doing? We have to throw out our whole wardrobes. I'm going to ask you to please do. Lengthen your skirts no shorter than knee length. Nothing lower than two inches from your neckline. Nothing sleeveless. Nothing tight. Nothing sheer. Nothing exposing. Do you have to wear baggy clothes? No. Wear proper fitting clothes, not that hug the skin. You should not see the outline of your underclothing. Today you see that on women. You see all their bulges. You see everything. It's it's as modest as it can get. No one feels immodest because it's just the way of our culture. But Catholics need to change. And we need to be signs of God in the world 
the way we walk, the way we speak, the clothes we wear, the things we do and don't do. We need to do that. Now, I have printed off an article on modesty from Fish Eater's website. Any of you could go to that and do it. Any of you can do that. Um, But I'm going to begin to read it to you, and we're not going to have enough for today. So I'm going to continue reading this on another day. Uh, Sometimes I travel two, three days in a row, and we cannot come to you live. Again, this is being taped live, but it it can't be connected for... um, We're pre-recording it so that it can't be... It's live for me to you, but it can't take phone calls and emails. So... um, but it's also it's simply from my heart. It's not an old recording. It's fresh and new. And um, I'm going to continue this in the next one we do. There's sometimes we're going to have to have, you know, two, three days in a row. Um, wherever I travel, we're going to try to do this live and take your calls and emails. But ever so often, we can't. So if you're watching this today, you found one day that we cannot connect from uh, overseas or or even in the same city. Uh, somehow the connection doesn't work. And so LifeSite News and Station of the Cross have something uh, from me to you uh, to play for this hour. Um, and I won't be able to even hardly start this, let alone complete it, but I'm going to begin it. And we're going to go to a break uh, not too long from now, and then um, I'll continue after the break. So God bless you, beloved, and uh, start with me. So I'm going to read you. You may have really... Uh, Uh, gotten angry or put off at the few guidelines I just gave. And you may be saying, well, if this is the guidelines you're going to prove or support, uh, and that's what you're going to talk about, I I think I'm going to do something else other than listen to this particular program. I ask you not to, beloved, because many things, I used to wear other clothes too before I was a nun. I, I was never keen on pants. I didn't own pants. And I did wear long skirts. But before I was a Christian, I wore many things that I would never, that I would shudder to wear now. I would shudder. I was on the beach in bikinis. Yikes! Can you picture Mother Miriam in a bikini on the beach? That's what I did. But so at the time, if you spoke to me of modesty and said, do this, do that, I would have had lots of reasons. You know what? Live your life. You're entitled to it. I'll live mine. Goodbye. But... Now I'm Catholic, and now I have the Spirit of God in me, as you do if you're Catholic and you're in a state of grace. And I want to learn what God wants, not what I want, and not my opinion. I want to know what God wants. I want to know the reason for these things. Then you can decide. What you do is between you and God. But to not know the church's teaching on it, this isn't opinion, this is the church's teaching. Um, you're going to be in a, a very difficult spot to know God's will. Very difficult. The only way for you to make good choices is to know the teaching of the church and then say, okay, I want to obey God. Um, I can do it this way. I don't have to be as extreme as Mother Miriam says, but I can do it this way. You see, that's very important. So, okay, let me begin. Um, this is an article, and they begin with two quotes from Scripture. First, from Sirach in the Old Testament, a quote from Sirach, chapter 19, which says, A man is known 